Hello everyone, this is Be Rich, and this is Be Yourself Podcast. I have a special, special guest here with me, my brother, my friend. I've been knowing this guy over 10 years now. Some of you know him as KV, Chris, this is my boy, Chris Vereen. Welcome to the show, man. Man, thanks for having me, thanks for having me. Definitely, definitely, man. Um, so of course, you know, the name of the show is, uh, <coughs> name of my show is Be Yourself, man. So we're going to go through a series of questions, man, and you speak your truth, man, and just whatever comes to mind, however you feel in the moment, you say how you feel, man. Yes, sir. Don't absolutely. Anything. Real raw and uncut. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, man, for the people that who don't actually know who you are, man, tell them a little bit about Chris Green, you know, where you grew up, life experience, all that stuff. Man, um... Uh, <coughs> I was born in Enid, Oklahoma. Spent some time there, man. Honestly, I was too young to even really remember what that whole experience was like. Um, Then from Enid, we moved to Altus, Oklahoma. Um, Spent a lot of time there. I think about until like second grade, second or third grade there. Um, Man, Altus was a, that that was a journey. It, it It was very different. Uh, moved around a lot, as you already know. Um, from Altus, moved to Frederick, Frederick, Oklahoma. Anybody that knows anything about Frederick, Oklahoma, very, very small town. Probably legitimate, probably like four or five stoplights. Um, not, not a big place at all. Spent maybe about a year and a half there. Um, from Frederick, we moved to Lawton. That's where I spent majority of my time. Um, Lawton was where really my life really formed. Um, it was, um, it made me me. The whole Lawton trip, you know, I went there some in elementary, then I went there junior high, and then from there moved to Duncan. Uh, Lawton is really where I say I, I was raised, um, then we moved to Duncan. So it was, uh, we moved around a lot, man. It, it was hard, and you know, as we go along with the show, people will find out why it was hard and making new friends and all that stuff like that. But uh, went to East Central University, played uh, four years of college football there. That didn't go the way I wanted it to. Um, after that, man, I tried to do the whole football thing after that to prove people wrong. And um, it kind of went my way, but then again, it didn't. It didn't at all. Um, so this one, I got into the whole mixed martial arts thing and man after that it's you know rest is history the rest is history okay okay well let's let's take it a, a few steps back you know at the towards, towards the beginning yeah yeah we all i know where you are now but some <clears> people who don't know you or that do know you don't really know about your humble beginnings so let's take them back to why your family actually decided to make that move from lawton to duncan and how was your transition from lawton to duncan uh, my family actually decided to move to Lawton due to the fact that um, I was getting in a lot of trouble. Um, I was fighting a lot, a lot of gang activity. Um, I wasn't doing well in school. And the fact that my parents just didn't have money to pay rent. Um, my father was on drugs very, very bad. Um, so we had to kind of find some kind of way to take him away from that. And the only way to take him away from that was to move. If we if we would have stayed there in Lawton, it would continue. But the only way to take away from that was to move. Now that's not the only reason we moved, you know. Um, like I said, all in all, the reason why we moved was we moved house to house. And my parents just didn't have the money. We didn't we didn't have no money to pay rent. We was always behind on rent. So we would get evicted a lot from all these houses. But somehow we would always find another house to move into. So it just kind of got, as we got older, you know, my, my mom, my family, I mean, my parents, they just started like, man, we, we can't, we can't keep do, doing this to them. Right. And, uh, and my sisters, man, they started catching on to things and um, they just started seeing a, a whole different, they started seeing a lot of stuff that they shouldn't have had at their age. I understood with me being a male, and uh, me being the oldest, I understood what was going on, but they shouldn't have, but they were starting to catch on. Um, 
like I said, man, I was I was involved with the wrong people. I was surrounded by a group of guys that wanted to be in this gang life, that was in this gang life. So that's all I knew. That's all my friends did. They gang bang. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted to do. Um, my mom caught on. Uh, my mom wasn't, she wasn't no dummy to the issue. She knew what it was. Uh, her brother uh, was involved in gang activity. So I felt like, damn, my uncle, which I look up to, I looked up to him and I still do. And my uncle's involved in it, why can't I be, you know? I tried to hide it, but then again, like, mothers know best, they know what's up, man. You know, you can't hide nothing from moms. Mm -hmm. So um, she caught drift of it. She asked me about the stuff. I lied about it, of course, you know, but um, she, she knew what it was, but she caught wind of that too. So um, she decided we should move. It, it, it was a bunch of things, but the best thing was for us to move. The transition to Duncan was, <laughs> man, I, I came from Lawton Eisenhower, where we were like this powerhouse. Everybody looked at us, and I'm going to Duncan. I'm like, nobody respects Duncan, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> hold on, now, hold on hey. hey, we have, hey, we have some respect. Oh Duncan. yeah, yeah. No, 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 no doubt, no doubt. But you know, transitioning from where I came from to the new school, you know, to me, I thought it was a step down, but it wasn't. You know, it was. So is that the narrative? The narrative is—is uh, is there a narrative that Lawton teams don't respect Duncan teams? No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, no, no, no. I, I definitely wouldn't say that. Hey, okay. okay, okay <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, it was just like, you know, if if it's like you know certain people, if you're from California, then you gotta move to Oklahoma. You kind of like, man, I'm from California. You know, I'm from this, that, and the third. I didn't see this, that, and the third, and I'm moving to Oklahoma. They gonna feel like it's a it's a step down, but it's really not. Mind you, <laughs> since you made that comparison, Lawton is. 30 minutes away <laughs> from Duncan. He's saying California. <laughs> hey, it's okay. Go ahead, bro. No, 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 no. That's true. It's 30 minutes away, man. Yeah, it really is. But um, I think I had this chip on my shoulder, man. I had it on my shoulder for no reason. Uh, it, it was a reason. You know, it, it, it was a reason. It's a reason. You know, I didn't know anybody in Duncan. Uh, actually, to be honest, uh, one of my family members, Harrison Jeffers, which, you know what I'm saying, you're, you're pretty close to Harrison. Mm -hmm. He had actually mentioned you before I moved to Duncan. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, I didn't know who you was, you know. I just knew you was a, you was a running back. You played running back. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I had, that's all I knew. Right. So he had mentioned you before I moved there, you know, but we crossed paths. But the transition was, it was kind of, you know what I'm saying, slow. For me, I didn't know anybody. I was a new kid, man. As you remember, I wore the same baby blue hoodie for like a month straight. That is true. <laughs> for That's like a, a month straight, I had the. If it wasn't the baby blue hoodie, <laughs> it was the warm moon jersey. <laughs> yes, which was like a two X. Yes, I. You know, what I'm saying it was a, that was the thing, man. The throwbacks, you know, and but that was that was all a part of the plan too. We didn't, we didn't have money like that, and man, to be honest, the the warm moon, the throwbacks I wore, I stole those. I, I stole those, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to be like the other kids, so I, I stole those from other kids, which that's very bad to me to say, but, you know. Um, so I was actually like, oh, man, I, I put in work for this, then I left, you know? So I'm going to rep it, you know? Right. And, uh, but overall, that transition was crazy, man. I'm glad I met who I met. And I, I was looked at as the new kid. And I didn't like that, man. I, I didn't like that. I, but who who does, man? I, I was very, I was kind of shy. Um, <clears throat> Rightfully so. I mean, like, see, so you, you're the new kid. You come to Duncan. You don't know, you don't know anything about Duncan. Then you go to Duncan. You know what I'm saying? You come to school. You don't know anyone. You new kid on the block. People looking at you up and down like, who is this guy? You looking at people like, why are you looking at me? Mm -hmm. You know. And then also you transition from Eisenhower, where I don't know for sure, but correct me if I'm wrong, it's predominantly black. Yes, sir. To go into Duncan was predominantly white. Mm -hmm. So I know that had to be a change for you as well. Oh, man, that was that was a big change. Uh, so in Lawton, we had the, um, the big, one of the biggest rivalries is Lawton High and Eisenhower. So in Lawton, you have three high schools, MacArthur, Lawton High, Eisenhower. 
And uh, so when I moved to Duncan, I was expecting another rivalry like that. But when I found out there was one high school in Duncan, I was like, what, what I got myself into, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. So, yes, that, that, that was also a culture shock as well. You know, I see predominantly white people, and I'm used to seeing, you know, all black people. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was, that was a little awkward to me as well. And, man, you hit the nail on the head, the whole, you know, you looking at me, I'm looking at you. Because when I was at Eisenhower, if somebody looked at you a certain way, okay, well, we can go handle this in the bathroom, slap box, or this and that. Right. And I didn't know if Duncan was like that, but you right. know what I'm saying? I had to watch myself, you know, watch my back, you know? Right. So, right. so it's safe to say that you, you've you come from humble beginnings. Oh, yes, sir. Definitely. Definitely. So, so Vereen, like I said, <clears throat> came to high school. We didn't know who he was at all. Then, I don't know exactly how long, I forget how long it actually took, but then, you know, we welcomed, in, welcomed him into the clique. So now he's hanging out with us or whatnot. And we all going through our struggling times, don't get me wrong. We all living on Viola Street. Everyone knows Duncan, they know where Viola is. Everyone grew up on Viola. And so, like I said, we all going through our times where, you know, we don't have this or we don't have that. You know, some person might have more of this than the next person. And, you know, one thing I learned um, even though some things I didn't grow up without or some of my friends didn't grow up without, it seemed like to me, when I think about it, um, Vereen was the person that had the least. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we all had bikes growing up. You know, somehow, matter of fact, I don't even know how I got my bike. I don't even know how any of us got our bikes. Because I don't, I don't recall any of our parents buying them for us. And maybe they did. So, Mama, if you did, I'm sorry. I just don't recall. But I remember we all had bikes. I don't really recall Breen having a bike like that. You know? No, man. Um, Go ahead, go ahead. No. (laughs) Uh, I think I maybe had, honestly, man, I didn't even know how to ride a bike probably until eighth grade. Nobody taught me. So that's a lot of time I didn't have a bike. And then I probably had one bike my whole entire life. But, um, like I said earlier, my dad was on drugs very bad. So he ended up selling that for his fix. So after that, we just couldn't afford a bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish I could have had a bike, man. I remember y'all used to ride to my house from Taco Bell. We did. We did. We you did. know? And I remember um, not knowing Vereen's story. As a matter of fact, I'll take that back, Mama. You did buy me a hobby bike. You did. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, but not knowing Vereen's story and not knowing exactly how he fully you know, is growing up, he lived on the other side of the tracks. So on the outside looking in, we thinking, oh, he got a little money, you know what I'm saying? He he over here on the other side of the tracks, he ain't over here with us on Viola Street. He's not over here with the predominantly black side of Duncan. You know, we had a little money. But that wasn't his case. Like I said, Vereen always had less. Um, and it hit me like when I used to go into his house sometimes, because I didn't, I never realized how many people actually lived in this house with him. So, explain, Brian. Like, how many siblings do you have? Man, I got three sisters, two brothers. It was all of us there, and and my mom, my dad. At one point in time, I had my uncle living there. Then I had another family member of my mom's side staying there. In a how many bedroom house? Three. Three bedroom. So add that up. Was that six or seven people? Yeah. Uh, and then you had also had dogs. Yeah, we had. Yeah, we had this. Uh, <laughs> I don't. This is it. I guess it was. I don't know what I was thinking then, but now that I look at it, it was kind of weird. We had this uh, Great Dane. And we really couldn't keep it outside because we jumped the fence, so we had to keep it in the house. And we had another dog, so we had two dogs. So we, we, you opened the door, it was kind of like, uh, hey Arnold, you know what I'm saying? You had all the people, you know? Yeah. And we had all the animals and stuff. And uh, for the longest time, man, I, I remember I didn't, I didn't want you guys coming in. Never. Really? I, I, I made up so many lies, anytime, man. Anytime we go to Vreen's house, Every single time we pull up to Breen's house, 
and we he's like, oh, I'm gonna go in here, and grab this, grab it. It's always like a, let me go in real quick, grab what I need to get, and come right back out. It's never like a, hey, y'all wanna come in? I think I maybe been in his house in high school, maybe a max, maybe twice, if that. But it was all like quick stops. It was never like we are gonna sit here and chill for a little bit. It's all like, and I never really understood. I'm like, damn, why can't you just, you know, we chilling? But that's why I'm allowing him to speak his truth and kind of explain, not that he has to, but open up exactly like why there's a reasoning behind this. I mean, and a lot of that was, you know, um, I, like you said, we've all been through, we all have our problems. A lot of that, you know, I go to you guys' house, we play Madden and have a good time, watch TV. I didn't have a TV in my room for the longest time. Matter of fact, we only had one TV in the house. And it was one of them little, um, little black and white TVs. You literally had to turn the knob. Mm-hmm. We had two channels, channel 12 and channel 7. So you literally had to turn the knob, and it was a black and white TV. Occasionally, you know what I'm saying, we we had another TV. But man, I'm telling when I say we was so broke, we had to always pawn a TV for money, for food, for this and that, man. That was the case. So we never had the high electronics, you know what I'm saying? And when we when we thought we did, mm-hmm. it, it was it was getting pawned because we didn't have no money. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was scared to invite you guys. And I was like, man, what, what if they come in and they don't want to be my friends? What, ha- what happens if they come in and they make fun of me? You know, I, I was I was terrified. I made so many lies up. Like you said, hey, I'll be right back. Let me do this. Let me do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I guess I, that comes to the fact I wanted to fit in. You know, I didn't. I wanted to be something that I wasn't. And like you said, that's humble beginnings, man. Definitely, man. So I, I remember you <coughs> said that. Uh, of course, you didn't learn to ride a bike. You said what eighth grade? Yeah. Never, never taught. So, how were you when you got your license? I was out of high school. I mean, no, yeah, I was out of high school. So we saying 19, 20? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe been like 21. So, of course, you never got that whole, like, 16, get my license, get my first car experience. Oh, no. Uh-uh. And you weren't even driving. Mm-mm. I, 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 man, you can attest it. I used to have to, I, I used to lie in high school. I used to lie in high school about my L's. I used to lie about going to take my test i used to there was there was one time i think i went and took the written test for the permit mm-hmm. and i failed it so if you fail it you gotta wait some time i believe that's not how it was or whatever and I, I i lied about you know taking my l's test because like i said once again i didn't have the means to go take that test we even we had driver's ed together. We did. Yeah, we took driver's ed together. We did. So that was pretty much an opening, but I still, you know what I'm saying, didn't have the means to go take that test. One thing about Vereen, Vereen can be very stubborn. He would lie, lie. No, not now, but back in the day. He would lie, lie, lie. I'm like, Vereen, why have we, none of us have ever seen your license. <laughs> you you claim you claim you have these license, man, but none of us have ever seen your license. And like I said, some of this, what he's telling me right now, this is all news to me. I knew it was a lot, but he wouldn't just admit it. You know, and like he said, he was embarrassed. Hey man, I can understand. Because all your friends got license. All your friends driving something, or borrowing someone's car, driving, whatever, they're driving. And you, you don't have a car let alone have a car to drive or borrow and only way you can get around is either you walk or you ask someone else for a ride that was every day every day and matter of fact I had to ride the bus to school I was so embarrassed I used to hop off the bus so fast like I hopped off so fast I, I used, hey low key I think I left my sisters on the bus <laughs> <laughs> like a month straight bro I, I it's it's not funny, but it's funny, man. I used to hop off the bus so fast, take the other way around to the front. You know what I'm saying? Because the bus would drop you off by the cafeteria, right? Mm-hmm. So I would walk all the way around to the front. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I was embarrassed. And uh, I remember one day, my sister, my sister Tima had asked me, she was like, 
Are you embarrassed to be seen with us? That hurt. I mean, that that hurt because it was like I couldn't explain to her why I was really embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? I think I think she has a point. I think she may have seen how you reacted. Mm-hmm. Not only with you being with your family or your family just coming around. Yeah. Because sometimes I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, at the time, I was, no, you know. But now that I think about it, you know, I understand why she asked that question. And it wasn't that, you know, I'm not embarrassing my sisters or my family. It was just the circumstances we was in, you know. I'm the new guy from Lawton. You know what I'm saying? I live on the other side of the tracks, you know what I'm saying? Like you said. Mm -hmm. So I got to hold up at least this half-decent reputation that I have. At least try to hold that up as best as I could. And what I didn't know is I was building a bad reputation. I thought I had this decent reputation by keeping that. I had to keep building a bad reputation of keep lying, keep faking. That that right there, when the, the all the truth came out, okay, there's a bad reputation right there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that right, that was just like, and it was hard. The truth be told, man, I mean, we could sit there and see the painting on the wall. We could see, like, after seeing how many people lived in your house with you, after seeing you and you got the, the Xbox, what was the Xbox? It wasn't the Xbox, it wasn't just a regular Xbox. Yeah, it was regular Xbox. You don't have the Xbox or you don't have the PlayStation 2 or whatever. Back in the day, we seen, like, okay, this man is going without. But he feels like he has to keep a certain image to us to try to fit in. But little did he know, we already recognize you don't have some of these things that we have. Like I said, we, even though we don't have a lot, we have more than him. And so we realize, like, you know, this guy ain't got a lot. So that's why we offer, like, to always pick him up. Or if we had a little extra money, you know, shoot him a couple of dollars, whatever. But then it's like, no, no, Nick, let's get you a job. <laughs> Cause I ain't got no money like this, so let's get you a job, and we can go and wash these dishes together and one of those. So, to me, it's like, and you know, just to take you back, like I was your friend, we were all your friends, because we just like you. Mm-hmm. you know I'm saying I wasn't your friend because you had this, you didn't have that. You were just a, a good, solid dude, come from Lawton, but regardless where you came from, you was a friend to me. Mm-hmm. You always have been. You always will be. Yes, sir. And so that's for me. I don't give a damn what you didn't have. Like, I'm, I'm not your friend for materialistic shit. Mm-hmm. I was your friend because you were just a good guy. Definitely. Good, genuine person. That's just me. So, let's take it back. You have all these siblings in your house, right? Mm-hmm. So at that point, <clears throat> you're trying to figure out a way how to, how to get this and get that. Get stuff paid. Get some money in the house. You know, try to fix your situation. So did you feel like not only did you have to grow up faster than everyone else, did you feel like you had to become that man of the house? Oh, definitely. I knew when I got that first job, I was going to take on some responsibilities that had to be filled in the house. Mm-hmm. My mama didn't have to tell me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She, uh, my mom is a... Uh, she, she, I get my stubbornness from her. You know what I'm saying? She, she, sometimes she, deals, she puts a whole bunch on her plate. But she'll never know because she'll never say anything, never ask. But I knew. You know what I'm saying? I seen right through it. So when I got that first job, I knew what it was. I had to I had to set the bar for my siblings. I had to give them something to look up to. You know. When someone asks, Oh, you, you, you know what I'm saying, you Vereen's brother. I had to give them something to smile about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not, oh, your brother's you know, he lied about this, this, and that, this, and that. I had to change that. I had to, your brother does this, he does that. You know what I'm saying? So I had to take on those responsibilities. Mm-hmm. If they see me do this, well, maybe they'll follow in my footsteps to right. maybe be even better. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. that, that, that's what that came with right there. Okay. So let's fast forward a little bit further. 2008, graduation night. All right, mm-hmm. everything's over now. Mm-hmm. You graduated from Duncan High School. Everything that happened in high school doesn't even matter anymore. You're grown, you're your own man. You're making your own decisions. Wherever you go in life is on you. 
I'm gonna go this way, you gonna go that way. Hopefully we can meet each other at the top. Mm -hmm. Truth is, everybody ain't gonna be at the top. Facts. So, what was your plan after high school? Oh. Alright, well since we're being honest, uh <laughs> actually, and, and, actually, did you even have a plan? Uh so my always my plan was to go play football. Uh I remember we had talked about going to Langston together. We had talked about going to Langston together. Shout out to Langston. I made That's to cool. leave. I had to yeah, go. Yeah, he made to leave. I got into a pageant. And I won a Mr. Debonair pageant. That was my scholarship I used to go to the loop. Mind you, I competed in that same pageant. Mind you. <laughs> There's only there only can be one. There can only be one. That's that's there true. There only can be true. one king. All right. That's true. But hey, okay, go ahead. Go I ahead. think I got runner up. If that, if that counts for anything, I got runner up. Mm -hmm. I really didn't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but um, I remember we we had talked about going to the Lou, and uh, I was dating a girl at the time. Man, whew. I was dating a girl at the time, and uh, she was going to East Central University. Um. Her reasonings for going to East Central was way beyond mine. But I, you know what I'm saying? Being a senior in high school, you think you're in love, but you know. But, yeah, you, um, you definitely thought you were in love. Yeah, I, I boy. So I, I started filling out applications to this school because she was going there. She had manipulated me to believing that if I didn't go there, then we'd be done. And that's not what I wanted, you know what I'm saying? And anybody that knows about this whole situation knows this was a very, very toxic situation I should have never been in. Uh, so that right there, I shouldn't even have considered that, honestly. But I did. And so uh, I remember we had a couple arguments uh, about it. I remember uh, we took a we took a visit to East Central. It was about four of us. And uh <clears throat> and I was like, man, I'm gonna go. And I remember you saying, like, no, no. Why? Yeah, that, you, why? That's the exact same thing, uh, Steve, your dad, and that. You know what I'm saying? Well, why would you want to do that? And I'll never forget the day he told me. I, I told him why I was going. He said, I'll never forget this because it sticks with me to this day in life. He said, man, there's always someone bigger, better, and stronger. So why are you following? And when Steve told me that, I still think of that to this day because it, it relates to other things as well. And I was like, yeah. Okay. But what'd you do, Vereen? <laughs> what'd you do, Vereen? <laughs> I ended up East Central. <laughs> I ended up East Central. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. I ended up East Central. You ended up at the Lou. Uh, a couple other people ended up UCO, Missouri. It just that's just how the, the cookie crumbled. Okay. You got accepted to East Central mm -hmm. in Ada. Mm hmm You're playing football. Mind you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you go from playing football in Ada, starting, then you go from Ada, graduate in Ada, and now you're moving on to arena football. Mm -hmm. Now, how did how did that work? How did you go from? I mean, I know collegiate was over, mm -hmm. and then how did you get into the whole arena football? Who did you touch base with to get into that? All right. So after um, after I graduated from East Central, I see I started training in Ada with a couple other guys. I had no business training with these guys. I wasn't nowhere on their caliber or where they what they played. Um, these guys were at legitimately NFL prospects. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. It takes a real man to just admit what he just said. Can, can you say that one more time? I had no business training with those guys. Proceed. <laughs> I, I, I had no business training with those guys, man. And um, But I was like, man, if you know if they can do it, I, I can do it. I had that I had that competitive competitiveness in my head. You know. So I started training with them. 
And um, they had a couple pro days. I knew I wasn't getting no pro day. I know for a fact I wasn't. But I kept pushing because I was like, man, something going to pop up. Well, I had this opportunity to go to California and play for this team in California. Um, I went out there and the situation wasn't what it was supposed to be, but it was good. I got some good film. I got some okay film. Somehow my film ended up in somebody's hands. I got a call one day and uh, it was from a coach in San, uh, San Angelo. He was like, ma'am, my name is Coach Lemon and uh, I got your film. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't ask no questions about how he got it. I didn't care. All I know is I got a coach calling me. And at that point in time, I was like, man, I need to hang this stuff up. Man, I need to start getting on with my career. And uh, I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? What's, what's up? So he was like, man, I got your film. And uh, we're starting up this arena team down here, San Angelo Bandits. We like to give sign, sign we like to sign you. I'm looking at the phone like, man, I thought it was one. Like, I used to have homies that would do grimy shit like that. Make prank phone calls like that. So I'm looking at the phone like, hold on. So I just put it on speaker. I was like, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. So I had him say it again. And I was like, okay, so you're going to send the contract right now? He was like, all you got to do is, you know what I'm saying, basically accept the invite. And we'll send you the contract, blah, blah, blah. Right. I was like, all right, bet. He was like, now this is the thing. Just because we're sending you a contract to play, that don't mean you're going to make the team. You got to compete still. You got to make the roster. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, whatever. So um, I got that contract. Man, from that point on, I just started grinding, hitting it hard. Mind you, I'm weighing at least like 215 at this point. Mm. I didn't lie about my height. I didn't lie about my weight. I didn't lie about my 40 time. <laughs> I, I lied about all that. Just what, what was your, what'd you put as 40? I think I put about four or five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, I, I lied about the 40 time, man. I, I think I hit a four or five now, though. I Right now. But the hamstrings getting a little older. But um, a lot about all that, man. I said I was six foot. Definitely, you know what I'm saying? No. But I had to do something because I had to. I had to get this. I had to get this money, you know. Yeah. Um. So the whole arena thing, man. I got down there. I actually put a couple of my homeboys on. I had put a couple of my college teammates on, and they had end up going down there, whatever, whatever. Uh, we get down there, man. I met a whole bunch of good guys. Um, that's some of them I still talk to. Um, some of the hardest football, man. Anybody that's played arena league, that shit is hard, man. It's not easy, and it's it's a, it's a tad bit fast. It's fast. It's very fast. Um, but I end up making as a rookie. I end up making the roster as a as a rookie. And so I think I was like one of two defensive players one of the two rookies on the defensive side that made the roster that was that was i thought it was pretty legit how long did um how long did that last arena football i played one game down there and i had a good game but it's a business at the end of the day had a good game we had a bye week and then came back practice for like two days for the next game which was a home game and uh, I think the next day they called me in to the office and was like man uh, had a good game but we need more experience in the DBs they cut me right there crazy part is this hurt me and what I'm about to say hurt me and this is on the arena level so I'd imagine how the NFL guys feel Sad part is when they cut me as I was walking out the office, I seen the guy walk past me that they was bringing in to replace me. Mm, That quick. Split second. Just like that. So I had to look this other man in his eye like, damn. Like they really brought you in to replace me, you know what I'm saying? that, That right there, I was like, God bless. And so from there, you go back to Oklahoma. I drove back to Oklahoma in a 97 Lincoln Continental. I had no idea if it was going to make it back. Kid you not. Going to San Angelo, from Ada to San Angelo, it was supposed to be a six-hour drive. It took me legitimately 13 hours to get there. 
I think I left Ada around 5.30, 6 o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. Didn't get there till the next day, like 7 in the morning. Because my car would overheat. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I had, man, that, that was the crazy. I didn't know how I was going to do that. So once you get back to Oklahoma, how did you actually <clears throat> make the move to California? How did, how did that work out? Um, I just did. I just, I had to, I hustled up. So what, what was it about California? I mean, that I wanted to be out there. Yeah. It's a fast pace, man. It, it's a fast pace. You got to hustle. If, if you, it's opportunity, man. It's one of them things where you put in the work, you're going to get the reward. Mm-hmm. If you don't put in the work, you definitely not going to get the reward. That's everywhere. Don't get me wrong. But it's different in California. It's a different reward out there, you know. So what you're doing is you're going to California, but you don't really have a plan. You just know you want to get away. Yeah. No, I want okay. to get away. But what were you doing out there? I mean, what was your, how were you paying your bills? I was uh, working at GNC. Okay. I had, um, I was working at GNC in Ada. I was working at GNC in Ada, and I transferred GNCs out there. Okay. So I was working at the GNC in the mall. So that was kind of how I was making some money out there, you know. Uh, it was actually kind of nice, but it was it was it was tough. I'm not gonna lie, to you, it was tough. So <clears throat> let me uh, remind you guys: this is actually one of the reasons why I admire Breen. I respect Breen. I respect his grind. I respect his hustle. This man, you guys have heard so far, came from Lawton to Duncan to Ada to Texas, all the way to California. He has no car. How do you even do that? <laughs> it's one of them things, man. When you want to get somewhere, you're going to get somewhere. Listen, Vereen, when he puts his mind to something, he's going to do it. This man, I remember our senior year, this man was playing football with a whole big-ass cast, smacking up Joe Stoner. Duncan Burst Carl Albert head on. Pow! Got man got a whole big ass cast on and going to Joe Stoner hard. Mind you, Joe Stoner was a division one athlete. Probably 6'1, 220. Solid. And I'm 5'10, 5'11 in high school, 155, soaking wet. That's true. So that's that's one thing I admired about him, man. Like I said, he jumped from one thing to the next. But every time he jumped to something, he put his all into it every time. Whether it be college football or arena football. And then also what he's his field he's in now, what he's putting his all into the MMA life. So man, you're in California, in, in California, you're working at the GNC spot. Mm-hmm. How did you get introduced into the MMA? Was that in California or was that when you <clears> got back to Oakland? Uh, I got introduced to the whole MMA mixed martial arts scene when I got back to Oklahoma. Um, I started working at Chili's Bar and Grill, and uh, I met one of the cooks there, uh, one of my good friends, training partner, and uh, he walked in with his gi. Now, for those of you that don't know, a gi is like, I guess, like a bathrobe type of thing with these pants. It's uh, hard to explain. Well, I made fun of him because he looked goofy in it. And, uh, you know, he laughed, he chuckled about it. And at this time, I'm probably like 210. You know, it's not that football weight. I'm strong, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really worried about a fighter, quotations. You know? Little did you know. Little did I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Take his robe off. <laughs> get to work. But uh, so he was like, hey, man, I want you to come try this thing we call judo. I was like, what does it consist of? He was like, man, all you do, you, it's a bunch of throws. So, man, I'm thinking like, man, all right, whatever. You know, I'm benching this, I'm squatting that. Well, ain't nobody about to throw me. So I go in there. The warm-up was the hardest thing ever. I damn near died. Then we start actually going into practice. Kid you not, true story. I didn't believe in any of this until I got through. There was a 13-year-old girl. Sweet as can be, very nice. And she threw me. Damn. 
I'm, I'm literally weighing about 210 right now. She throws me. And I, I tried to have a good base, and she still threw me. And that right there opened my eyes like, bro, this, this is unreal, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I start doing some judo, and then the same guy that introduced me to judo, he uh, was like, hey, man, I met this cool dude. He's going to open up an MMA jiu-jitsu gym. I was like, man, I'm not really into that stuff. I don't like being on the ground. I don't like being held down. I get real mad. I remember he looked at me. He was like, all right, so what you going to do if somebody, if he holds you down? You going to get, you going to beat him up? I was like, you got a point, you know? So I tried it out and instantly, like, I just, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with jujitsu. I fell in love with striking. I thought, I used to think I could fight. You know, if you ask anybody, I'd fight anybody. I, you know, I didn't care who you was. But I thought I could fight, then I ran against somebody that could actually fight mm -hmm. and found out I couldn't fight. You know what I'm saying? Different ball game. Yeah, different ball game. So uh, I never wanted to compete. I never wanted to step in the cage, but opportunity presented itself for both. So I started competing and then gradually ended up fighting. So now you're a professional fighter. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's you. So how many days a week do you train? I train every day. I'm, I'm on the mats every day. Except Saturday and Sundays, those are usually my rest days, let my body relax. But Monday through Friday, every day. So would you say that training is therapeutic for you? Oh, oh very, very. Um, you know, we all have our ways of stressing. We all have our problems as adults. How we deal with it is that's on us. And how I deal with my stress, how I deal with my anger is training. You know, um, you know, it's kind of like one of them things like, oh, man, you know, I can I, I can go choke somebody out or I can go punch somebody and not get in trouble for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When people get mad, what's the first thing they want to do? They want to punch fight. something. Yeah. They want to fight. So why not direct that same energy into the same thing? But with technique. It's, it's OK to punch that person. It's OK. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're training. It's OK to do all that. It feels good, you know what I'm saying? You let all that anger out, all that hostility you got, you let it all out, man. Right. And that is therapeutic to me. That's why I train so much. Not only I want to be a world champion, but it it calms me down. Right. You know. Yeah, definitely, man. Because I know, just for me going to actually see your fights, man, and it's just like a, it's like an electric type feeling, man, that you, that I get just from mm -hmm. seeing my friend. In their fight, I mean, it's one thing the guy can kind of watch somebody like Anderson Silva or, or uh, John Jones on there. You know, we don't know the people, whatever. It's just fun just watching those guys, but not actually being in an actual arena, seeing your friend in their fighting for his life, and actually coming out with W, just releasing all that pain, that energy, that that hurt on somebody's face mm -hmm. or leg or whatever it is. You know, that's just uh, it's crazy, man. So take us into your thought process. Uh, when you're entering the octagon and you hear the referee say fight so what's what's racing <clears throat> through, your, through your mind man um kill or be killed that's what's going through my mind you have a man across from you that either wants to knock you out put you to sleep break something in your body make you bleed possibly not trying to be funny possibly kill you the right head kick the right punch you could you know die actually in 2019 i think there was a couple boxers that died from um from head trauma from being hit you know wow yeah so i mean it's real so you that's my thought it's kind of a um a dog mentality i like to call it right you don't have nobody to break up this fight you don't have you're locked in a cage with another man and the only way to get out of that cage is to win so what is, what is your how do you prepare yourself before each fight i mean is there a certain song you listen to is a certain meal you eat i mean is each meal different is it um, different so depending on when you take the fight uh, you usually i usually like to have like a six uh six to eight week camp um that way i can make sure i get all my conditioning first thing first i always stay ready to fight so any promoter or any fighter, anybody that hears this, I always stay ready. 
my weight's always good, my cardio's always good, I'm always ready to scrap. Um, but to answer your question, um, I like to have a six to eight week camp so I can tune up things. So my my in, like the intensity of my training goes higher and higher. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest part about a fight is really the weight cut week, the week of the fight. I cut out all carbs, all salts, and I drink nothing but water. I eat nothing but egg whites and spinach, literally. So when I cut weight, I'm cutting 20 pounds in one week. Literally, not even a week. Literally, I'm cutting 20 pounds in four days. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm 190, and then when I go to weigh in, I'm 170. So, so I remember uh, last time I watched you fight, and it's um, a tribute to my daughter. Yes, sir. Uh, I do appreciate that. Awesome. Yes, sir. Uh, I remember you walked out to that Nipsey. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked. Mm-hmm. So... I know that's not your every every theme song for each entrance, right? Mm-hmm. No. So, so does it depend on how you're feeling? Is it your mood based off what you're gonna walk out to <clears throat> each time, or? Yeah, I try to always walk out to something that I relate to. Um, I don't ever want to walk out to something that just sounds cool or someone else likes. I always try to walk out to something that I relate to that gives me that that edge over my opponent. That reminds me of the things that I've seen, the things that I've done, the things that I've been through in my life. So now I have to think about all this in this cage. So now I get to release all those toxins on this man. Right. So <clears throat> you also train kids as well, Greg. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So what satisfaction do you get out of doing that? <clears throat> um, the fact that I can help these kids uh, direct their energy into something good. Um, these kids look up to me and I look up to them. Um, a lot of kids nowadays in this generation, man, they just rather sit on their phones, sit in front of the TV, play Fortnite. And when I was growing up, we didn't have none of that. You know what I'm saying? It was go outside, drink out of the water faucet. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Don't let the flies in my house. You know what I'm saying? You in or you out. Grandma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm thankful that I can give these kids the joy of doing a martial art, learning uh, to be bullyproof. That's what we call it, bullyproof. Yeah, bullying's real, man. I I was bullied in elementary, junior high. Um, bully. Wait, speak on that. Um, just like we talked about earlier, man. To touch up, going back on that, I didn't have the nice things. I used to have to wear the same clothes every day turn that shirt inside out so somebody wouldn't figure out that's the same shirt I wore yesterday there was times man we we didn't have water in the house I couldn't take showers so I would have to when everybody was in class I would go use the bathroom like teacher can I use the restroom so I would take like a birth bath birth bath in the sink in the bathrooms I'm so I had to make sure it was during classes when I knew people weren't going to be in the bathrooms or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I was bullied for that. Um, I was bullied because we didn't have water. I couldn't wash clothes. So my clothes always had a smell in them, you know. I, I mean, I get it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of kids had this and that. I didn't have that. Remember, we had a jersey day. So you wore a jersey. And I had this old Cordell Stewart jersey. And it was very, very faded. <laughs> yeah, it was very faded. And I thought, you know, I'm still wearing a jersey. I'm good. Little did I know I wasn't. And so when you walk in to Eisenhower, the junior high, you had to pass everybody to get to the cafeteria to eat. And that was the longest walk of my life that day. <laughs> that was the longest walk, man. And I thought, man, I, I didn't know what to do, man. I was I was embarrassed. There was some some days, man. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go to school, man. I, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to do none of that. But like I said, man, I, I had to. I had to do something for my 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 siblings to look up to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you feel like the <clears throat> mixed martial arts is you found your outlet to release all the 
the bad thoughts, the emotions, the anger. Oh, yes, like sir. That's, that's helping you out along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. So, man, what did you, what do you feel like you learned about Chris in 2019? I'm not perfect. Um, <clears throat> 2019, I went through some trials, man. I did some things I'm not proud of. I hurt some people. I lied to people. Um, I did a lot of things I'm not proud of. And I had to learn, man, it, you're not perfect, man. I learned to forgive. I learned to forgive myself. It, it's okay. You messed up. All right, it's all about how you come back now. You can't you can't be that man you once was, you know? Yeah. So that's one thing I learned about myself is, man, you going to mess up. You ain't perfect, man. Don't judge. Right. You know? Everyone got a story, huh? Exactly. Exactly. True, man. So tell the people, man, um, <clears throat> what do you currently have going on in your life, man, and any 2020 goals you have set up for yourself? Man, right now, staying busy, training. Um, I had a big opportunity to fight in California for Bellator. Mm -hmm. But um, unfortunately, I wasn't picked for that fight. It happens. That's the name of the game. Um, I'm not hanging my head. We're going to keep going forward. Um, 2020, man, I, I plan to just be a better me. I plan to um, really do something big with my life. Um, a lot of people know I have a problem with pleasing others you know what i'm saying trying to make others happy and that's my thing in 2020 i want to learn how to make myself happy make chris Vereen happy if i want to do something i'm gonna go do it and it's, i'm gonna do it because i deserve it you know i worked hard at it so that's that's what 2020 is gonna bring for me so if someone uh, is looking to buy some tickets for your next fight <clears throat> Uh, they don't really know where to go, so where can they find you on Facebook or Instagram? I mean, where, you, where, do, you, where do you purchase these tickets at? Um, you can find me on IG at KVZO. Um, KVZO. I don't have a Twitter. Um, you can Facebook, Chris Vereen. Um, as far as tickets, man, we always have tickets to the fight promotion. So when, as soon as I find out I'm fighting, I release that info. I let everyone know. You can get them online. Or you can get them from me, however you guys want to do it, you know. Um, I just hope everybody can come out and support. And I'll always put on a fight. I'll always put on a good show. Win or lose, I'll always put on a fantastic fight. So, What, what, is, what is your record, by the way? Overall, 7-1. Oh, look. All right. There we go, man. Guys, there you have it. This is Chris Varin. This is my brother speaking his truth, telling you his story. Thank you again. Like, subscribe. This is Be Yourself Podcast. Peace.